The following program is rated PG-13. Parental supervision is advised. All right. Let me get my clothes on here and put my pants on. All right. Nobody's naked, right? All right. Poseidon, the ruler of the seas and all that dwell within them. His rule over the oceans is unquestioned. There are those who serve him with tridents and with infinite knowledge of all things submarine. They are known by many names. Coners. Weaponeers. The Merry Men of Sherwood Forest. But by Poseidon himself, they are called... The Subvets. I attend a church here in Baltimore, Grace Bible Baptist Church, and one of our church members mentioned that she had an uncle named Freddie Water. And I said, I said, did you say Freddie Water? She said, yes. I said, you mean like U.S. submarine captain, Freddie Water? And she says, yes, how'd you know? Nobody knows that. I said, oh no, and to the contrary. He's the ultimate submarine warrior from World War II. He's, he's just it. Hey there, submarine fans. It's Eric from the subvet.com, and we're back with another great podcast of the subvets. Uh, Dave Bowman is under the weather. Uh, he may or may not be joining us uh, during this podcast, but we have an exciting guest for this podcast. It's uh, Andrew Glenn. He's a director and uh, filmmaker, and he recently. Uh, uh, come up with a film with one of our mo- most famous uh, admirals, uh, you know, submarine admirals, anyways, in the World War II, who uh, his exploits were legendary, highly medaled, and uh, just a lot of great information in the documentary that we're going to learn about Admiral Frederick Warder. So, so uh, Andrew Lynn, how you doing today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing just great. So. Um, yeah, I got a chance to uh, take a sneak peek at this documentary. I really enjoyed it. I learned some things that I wasn't aware of. Um, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of um, legendary captains that in World War II, and some of them are not with us anymore. A lot of them are not with us anymore because they passed away at old age. Admiral Warner was certainly one of those that lived a very long life of 95 years where he died in Ocala, Florida, which is my old neck of the woods where I grew up as well. So might have run across them. Heck, you never know. You know, a lot, a lot of submarine meetings I went to around there. Could it, you know, wow. you pass by a lot of those old old guys and you don't even uh you don't even know who they are or where what they what boats they said, unless they tell you, you sit down and tell you right. some of them, yeah, they tell you they served them one more two, and it's great stuff. So so uh, how did you uh, get involved with uh, making this film? I mean, uh, how'd you meet the family and uh, or how'd you come up with the idea? Yeah, sure. So actually, I'm related to Fred Warder. He's my third cousin. So my mom is actually in the film and she used to tell us stories about Freddie. But, you know, you know how moms embellish, you know, the history of, you know, family history. So she would say things like, oh, you know, your Uncle Dick invented the guardrail and things like this. And it's like, well, where's that guardrail money, man? 
you know, I'm not seeing, you know, I don't believe it. So, um, but she would tell stories about Fred Warder. And I just thought, you know, another guy served in World War II. You know, I didn't trust that what she was saying was true. These incredible stories about him. So anyways, we're in church one day and she's talking about Freddie Warder and a gentleman who's actually in the film, uh, the associate pastor at my church. He's a World War II history buff. And he loves submarines. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He loves, you know, he's well studied on all, you know, submarine history from World War II. And he overhears uh, my mom talking about Freddie Warder. And uh, he goes, you know, Freddie Warder? And she goes, yeah, he's my cousin. And he just flipped out. I mean, he was just <laughs> so excited about it. And, and I was like, well, I guess there's something to this story. You know, maybe this is real. Uh, so I started to do my own research on Freddie. And yeah. It was, you know, it was true, and, and there was more to it than she even, you know, talked about. I mean, she would talk more about him on a personal level, and just like what you were saying, I never got to meet him, but um, what you were saying, he he was a humble man. If you met him, you wouldn't know that you were meeting, based on what I learned about him, you, you wouldn't know that you're meeting this guy who did all this stuff in World War II, all these fantastic, you know, war exploits. You know, he was just kind of a down-to-earth, you know, humble warrior. Yeah, ab so, absolutely. Yeah, and so that's yeah, how you, that's how you you met him. I mean, that's that's a yep. that's a great way to start it off. So, uh, so yeah, you 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 come around and a lot of these guys post war. I mean, I remember growing up in the in the early '80s, so a lot of these guys were late in the mid '60s or so, somewhere in there. So, you know, they still had their wits about it, but, you know, they, they were built, building America post-World War II. That's when America, I mean, all the infrastructure you see, a lot of the uh, fast food restaurants you see, uh, you know, a lot of the stores and stuff, these are all World War II veterans come back. And some of them literally with uh, just $10 in their pocket and, and an idea and uh, right. just did incredible things. And, and uh, yeah, most of them are humble and Unless you really talk to him or, like you said, meet through family or, or that guy. I mean, and that guy is in the film, The uh, the Pasture. Yeah, unless, right. Unless you meet somebody like that, you know, you really don't know how important they are. I mean, I would have been one of those guys that would have freaked out, too. If you would have said, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. You got to be kidding me. So, yeah. yeah right. I mean, you're, I, run ac I, I run across people even in my church, you know, that they, you know, they got a uh, – well, recently uh, – there was a little one guy passed away. Apparently, he was a submarine captain. I'm still trying to get some more information on that. Oh. You know, he wasn't in the church, but uh, I think his daughter. It was his daughter. You know, gave me gave me a few of his things. I mean, I thought I was gonna. He's gonna give me. She was gonna give me some keepsake. No, she just gives me a bunch of submarine movies. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. So, how did you get into uh, cinematography as well? I mean, what, what's your background with uh, making movies? Uh, yeah, so uh, I've always wanted to be in TV and film since I was a kid, but uh, on the other side in front of the camera. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just want to be involved in any way. So when I was looking at colleges, uh, my mother actually found doing a Google search a school called Full Sail University. It's in Orlando, Florida. So another Florida, uh, you know, connection there. Yeah, but uh, so, so I got my bachelor's of science in TV and film from Full Sail University in 2007. Um, and then years have gone by, I was doing wedding videos and things like this and they pay bills, but it's not, you know, what I wanted to do. And it's not a lot of fun, uh, for me anyway. So, uh, you know, I, I heard this story 
you know, I thought it's a great name, Fearless Freddy. It's a great story. And and I'm more of a storyteller. Uh, I'm not like mm-hmm. a World War II history buff or I'm not good with the, you know, memory and a lot of details in terms of history. Right. I do like history. So I said, I think this is a great story and this would be a great opportunity, particularly since I'm related to him, uh, to tell his story. Because there's a lot of unsung heroes from World War II. Um, and his story mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of uh, Desmond Doss, if you know him. Um, oh, yeah. That was a great yeah. movie on that, too. Yeah, um, yeah. So I had watched the documentary about him. And I was just like, wow, that's that's an incredible, crazy story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I think Fred has a similar story. Uh, not exactly the same, of course, but uh, in terms of just courage in spite of fear, you know, because he, though called fearless, um, he said, in his interview with Clay Blair, who wrote the book Silent Victory, which is like a Bible of uh, submarine history, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he said, I was as afraid as anybody else when I was out there. So, you know, I just thought he was courageous. I just, for me, him as a character is just fascinating. And I really wanted to tell his story and honor him. And, uh, you know, but like you were saying, I mean, he's part of the, I mean, he's a dime a dozen from that generation. That's the greatest generation. They're called that for a good reason. They're, you know, one of a kind. I mean, I I was shocked to know that he um, it's not included in the film, but, you know, he had his uh, a degree in engineering from Berkeley, Fred Warder. And, you know, it's like, (laughs) I mean, these guys were just like on top of everything. And he was, you know, uh, lieutenant commander of the Seawolf when he was a very young man. You know, he wasn't very old and he's a lieutenant commander. So, you know, they were just a breed apart. These guys back in those days. So. so he was on board several submarines that graduated from Navy Academy in 1920, was it 25? Yeah, and uh, so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to give me deep because I want people to watch the movie, obviously. Well, but, you. you know, there's a story about how a lot of the submarine captains were were relieved because of the post-war peacetime doctrine, World War One. It was the war to end all war. So, you know, they People just didn't imagine that anything that was going to happen. And, and World War One was a horrible war with with the trench warfare. I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands of men slaughtered, you know, to, and, and, and unbelievable conditions. I mean, there, and there's movies starting to come out about that, too. People are researching that, doing documentaries, which is good, you know, because yeah. their service needs to be honored. Yeah, but a lot of the younger guys were relieved. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, older guys were relieved of command because they didn't want to take it to the Japanese. So that right. was a decision made by the uh, Pacific Theater uh, Admiral in Charge. I can't remember his name. Forgive me for that. But, you know, he, he, he made it he, when he just took over and he made a decision to relieve some of these guys. But, you know, your uh, cousin there, uh, Admiral Warder, I mean, he wasn't for whatever reason, he, he wasn't all about that. He was going to take it to him. He was one of the older captains being uh, what was he? Thirty seven, thirty eight. I believe you know, he was a skipper of the sea wolf from the commissioning. Yep. Yeah. Going out and it took it three or four years. And, uh, and again, this is not giving away details either, but you know, he transferred off and you'll hear in the documentary, what he did for the rest of his career in the Navy. But you know, the sea wolf is one of the uh, 52 submarines that was lost in, in the war. So it was later, uh, it was sunk by and something, it's hard to believe even now, but it still happens today, but it was sunk by friendly fire depth charge. Yeah. So, yeah, the, so the boat, 
Boat Sled Legacy lives on, certainly with that, and we'll be honoring it. Something I found interesting um, in the in the watching the film was how it, it pays tribute also to the men on board. You know, he kept reflecting back how, you know, his men were just as important as he was. But that's all we, you know, we hear about is, you know, the submarine captains and not a lot of men. And, and movies, unfortunately, they false, falsely, you know, betray submariners, you know, as these guys that just, they're just waiting to tell what to do. And they don't, you know, these guys at 18 years old, and a lot of them with probably not even high school diplomas, you know, going out to the fleet, learning very complicated. I and mean, these were the, probably the most complicated instruments of war created at that wartime. And, uh, you know, the sophisticated, you're just, you're, you're with a bunch of great men doing great things. You got great captain. And when you put that all together, magic happens or unbelievable uh, things that you wouldn't uh, expect to happen. So, I mean, so you were saying you're growing up with them, uh, uh, you know, just hearing stories and you're like, ah, you know, I, I, it's just my cousin, you know, it's just another story right, and stuff right. like that. But, you know, I po post Navy after he got out of the military, what, what did he do after the war? If you, if you know any of that, uh, to be honest, I don't know too much other than he retired in Ocala, Florida and just pretty mm -hmm. much retired, <laughs> you know, lived the right. town of Florida. He lived in so, yeah. But yeah, no. And you're absolutely right. All the men, I mean, I, I believe at the time they would have something like 80 men on those little tiny submarines, the crew of 80 people on, uh, you know, very yeah. tight quarters. And they're much smaller then than they are now and much less as sophisticated as they were compared to now, uh, less so. And, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's just amazing. You know, uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says every part of the body is important, whether if you're in the body of Christ, whether you're the pinky, you know, pinky toe. And same, you know, goes for submarines and their crew, just like uh, is mentioned in the film by his former aide. You know, uh, he said that there's a saying and you might know this in uh, in the submarine culture that you have room for everything but a mistake on a submarine. So, you know, and, yeah, I mean, it is one complex piece of machinery. And if everybody's not doing their part uh, as they should, it's it's not going to be pretty, you know. And, you know, in those days. We didn't in World War II. We didn't have the most sophisticated military compared to the competition. Japan and Germany were, you know, they had mm. some sophisticated stuff. And that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. And and by the grace of God, we won. And again, it was the men. And it was it took courageous men like Fearless Freddy who did things that you know most people wouldn't do. If if we didn't have that group of men, I don't know, you know, of that era, I don't know that we would would have won. You know, because like we said, I mean, something that is discussed in the documentary, not to give, like you mentioned, too much away, was the torpedoes at the time. You know, we didn't have good torpedoes, you know, and Fred, he would have had extra uh, tonnage sunk if, you know, some of these torpedoes were working. He was hitting chips and they just weren't going off. So, you know. So, yeah. 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 It's, yeah. So, yeah, I think he played one one of the larger roles in fixing that torpedo problem, which is which is an interesting problem. And another reason to listen to the documentary, even if you're a submariner, I think you're going to learn some tidbits about the submarine technology back then or, or maybe something you didn't know. So it's definitely worth a watch, even if if, if you uh, you've been on submarines and you, you think, you know, all that, all that history. It's a, I mean, I, there was just really interesting tidbits here and there. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. Didn't yeah. know that. And, you know, learning about the men. I mean, 
so that's part of so we're we're doing this podcast on memorial day weekend and uh you know it's coming up on uh honoring the men and women but that both died in the wars that you know america's fought and uh, obviously the ones have passed on now so i know families we get into the uh you know picnics and you know going out on trips and stuff like that and instead of taking time and, and, and going to a local service, you know, there's always a military veterans of different organizations doing some service. Some, some smaller towns still have parades, obviously, for Memorial Day. So it's, you know, it's important to remember all these men that did amazing things for our, our freedom. And, you know, for a long time, they've been walking around us and we don't even know. And with the recent war, We've had a lot of tragedy, you know, these guys have been over 20 years now, yeah. you know, fighting over Iraq and Afghanistan. And now, you know, we got the ongoing potential wars with uh, Russia and Ukraine. I mean, so it's just that people don't realize what we put these young kids out there and they're not that old and they do amazing things. And, and now with the newer technology, which is extremely sophisticated, we like to say here on this podcast, Star Trek Underwater. <laughs> so, so I don't know if you've had a chance to tour a Virginia class submarine, but you know, for us old boat sailors, and me saying old, but I mean, I was on boats built in the '60s, and you go on there, and you're like, you're like, wow, you know, it's flat screens everywhere. It's uh, yeah, yeah, you fly, you fly with the joystick and everything else. But you know, these guys were doing it with the technology, and you're right, it was lesser technology than. Uh, and what the Germans had, and which we learned a lot from their boats after we captured it, but it was the courage of the men that that won World War II. And uh, I, like I said, I think it's important that we take some time uh, on uh, on Monday and we honor these honor these folks. Amen. So, so I mean, your pastor, you know, uh, do you do? Do you know this pastor yourself? Did you grow up with him at all? Or oh yeah, he's uh still the associate pastor of my church. Uh I've been going to this church in Baltimore for about 12 years now, maybe. Um so he's in so, Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I live like 40 minutes from Baltimore, but uh I was living in Baltimore at the time, uh Baltimore area when uh this whole story mm-hmm. came up with Fearless Freddie and my associate pastor. And, and yeah, so he's still there. I still go there. And yeah, we've known each other about 12 years. And yeah, he's a huge history buff. You know, uh, I'd love to do a documentary about his uh, great grandfather. Uh, his great grandfather helped found Nissan. And it, it's a, this is a, a white man from America. He was an engineer and uh, he wanted to uh, start a car company, but he knew the competition was too thick in the United States. So he went out to Japan this was before World War II. And he went out to Japan and he helped. Uh, he had experience with cars, building cars and car companies here. So he went out there to be a consultant to Nissan and he kind of helped start Nissan. So I'd really love to do that story, but uh, he he's not interested in helping me out on that one. So maybe I, I don't know, could offer him some. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You, you, <laughs> you hear these interesting stories and sometimes it's, you know, and, and you, you kind of throw them on like me. You know, hey, I'm a podcaster. Would you like to come on to the podcast? And yeah, yeah. Store or your or your family story. You're like, hey, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, can yeah. I just take your picture with you? And, and a lot of people don't even want to do pictures yeah, anymore. Right, right. 
but you you come in and throw like well you know i got all my own camera gear and i know what i'm doing i'm actually a, a filmmaker yeah that's probably a little overwhelming to throw it yeah. you probably have to ease them into it a little bit. yeah right <laughs> well that's i was surprised by it because he was in the film and he did a great job he's probably one of the best parts of the film you know he's so he's very energetic and He's great on yeah. camera, so I was hoping he would uh, be willing to do it. But I'm not giving up yet, so I'm going to keep trying for it. Yeah, but, his uh, enthusiasm was just uh, something. Yeah, you kind of leached onto it. You couldn't wait for him to make his next comment. I mean, yeah. he, the way the talk guy talks about submarines, I'm like, this guy, you know, on submarines himself. Yeah. And that was my initial impression. I'm right. like, did this guy serve on a boat somewhere, like a recent boat, you know, and now he's a pastor? Because that happens, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, so, no, yeah. he never, he never served. But yeah, you, you get the impression. Yeah, he does. When he we listen to him talking about it, it's as if, if uh, you know, he actually experienced it himself. But yeah, I think he's just read so much that it's like, uh, you know, it, innate in him now to talk about it. He can just, you know, rattle off details about it and, you know, facts and all that kind of thing. So, but yeah, he was a, he was a big asset to the film. And I'm very thankful that, uh, he, you know, he helped out. So so did did you uh did, so uh well how about this i mean what 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 all did you learn you think from uh, making the film oh i learned a lot <laughs> i mean do you mean uh anything specific or specific area like in terms of fred or filmmaking or all of the above or because this was this was my first uh docu full-length documentary i've done documentaries in college but they were shorts and one after college uh, so right. I learned a lot about filmmaking. I learned a lot about obviously Fred Water. I learned a lot about the Navy and the submarine, uh, uh submarine community. culture. Yeah. The submarine community. Um, uh, I got involved with the Navy submarine league, uh, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but they're based. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They're a nonprofit, I think based in Arlington or Alexandria, Virginia. And, uh, you know, just being around these guys, uh, was fascinating. I mean, uh, there's a gentleman in the film, uh, uh, John Alstrom, uh, and uh, he actually, he's a he's a current, you know, submariner, and uh, he he actually was on uh, a modern version of Virginia class USS Seawolf. So the same namesake as what Fred Warder was on in World War II, um, and right. you know, just just talking to a guy like that, you know. And learning, I mean, I don't know if this is true. Is it true that to be on a submarine, you have to take a test to make sure you can handle, you know, the stresses of being underwater for three to six months at a time? Is that accurate? That 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 is accurate amongst a whole battery of other tests. So it is a volunteer service. So you just don't get surprised one day and go, "Hey, you're going to submarine." They right. ask you multiple times you realize you're volunteering for this <laughs> you know by the third or fourth time you're like am i sure i want to do this yeah but uh, yeah uh, the, the testing and training is intense so uh, for for uh my the, there was different rates for mine it was almost two years before i even got to the boat so it, it's oh. uh you know that's how long the schools were because you're training on old um 60s technology well it's actually it was 50s technology going mm -hmm. in the 60s so uh, it it was they were a uh, computer computer like so they're more like an analog ones and zero binary and they right. transitioning the digital some of the digital stuff on there 
So there's just a lot of intense training. So even after you get to the evals and stuff in submarine school, that's mostly where that's done, where you're medical and and then they put you through a flooding and fire trainer. I mean, uh, there's some great documentaries on that. You can see what these guys, you just type in submarine fl flooding trainer or submarine fire trainer. You can see what they do with these guys. So those, more, those are more things to just to make you think, is, is this what I want to get to? But it also, it, it's, it's awesome training because there's a lot of realism to it, especially with the newer trainers. Okay. You know, well. to, yeah, to get get you into it. So uh, you met a lot of guys from uh, USSVI. I'm I'm thinking too. Yeah, the, um, not a lot of guys, but yeah, I met some guys from there. But a lot of submariners in the Navy submarine. Yeah. So I mean, what was there anything else that that surprised you? You know, during uh, researching and meeting people to make this film. Um, yeah, some of the technical side of like the submarines, like back then, I mean, I'm a complete novice when it comes to this. So I didn't know that those were, you know, I learning about the engines at the time, you know, it's a diesel, you know, engine and, uh, you know, and I believe how was it charged? Like it would charge, uh, it charges batteries, right? The diesel engine at the time. So, you mm -hmm. know, they'd have to rise to the surface, let it charge for a certain amount of time and then go under because the battery engine or the batteries are quieter than the diesel engine because it's so loud. Um, you know, learning things like that, like there's right. one tiny toilet for 80 people. <laughs> you know, these little details are yeah. just, yeah. you know, sleeping under and above torpedoes. You know, I thought that was pretty crazy. I thought, you know, we went on mm -hmm. uh, USS uh, Bakuna to film in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, I mean, yeah, there's no way. I mean, just being in there and seeing everything and all the dials and the things you got to turn. And, uh, you know, uh, Steve Trent Smith, who's an author of a book uh, called Wolfpack, um, who's in the film. And, you know, he he's a historian and knows all about this stuff. He was teaching me a lot on the boat. He's the one who told me about the diesel engines. And, you know, it's like, I don't know, 1600 horsepower. So, yeah, just everything about submarines themselves mm -hmm. of the time and in the era. And the fact that they're just submersible boats, actually, they're not even, you know, what we, you know, an actual submarine, more or less. Uh, that's pretty impressive, too. Uh, the whole so the technical side, learning that to me was very, very interesting. I just had no idea about all this stuff. So. Yeah, so, yeah, I was wondering what World War II boat that is. So for uh, anybody watching uh, this podcast. There is a numerous amount of uh, World War II boats that are on display. I know in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, um, and then you got, well, one of them I know is brushed the way they might be pulling up. You got the one in Alabama. There's one in Texas. I think there's another one in Arkansas that they dragged it up the Mississippi River. I think that's mm -hmm. the bad fish and a uh, few on the West Coast as well, including a... Uh, there's a well, one that's kind of uh, more modern that sort of looks like the uh, 60s nuke boats, but it was a diesel that they okay. got tied up to. I think Portland, maybe I have to look that up. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, when you get into the community, you start learning things about it because, you know, you, I think that's the problem. A lot of, a lot of people are when they hear about submarines, you know, they, they just go, wow, that's just something for the, just the fact that they're going. That's just something I, I could never do. And so they, 
So they just get, uh, you know, over overwhelmed with that. And then all the training and all, all the, you know, all the gear that you learn, that's just, that's, that's definitely what it is too. So, you know, so uh, st- let's get, tell us about the film, where to see it and when it is available and how to see it. I know where I saw it, but maybe you can tell, tell me more of the venues and, yeah. you know, and where it might be uh, previewing pretty soon, what platforms. Yeah, so it's on, uh, you can get a DVD or Blu-ray of it on www.fearlessfreddymovie.com and Freddy's F-R-E-D-D-I-E. It's not with a Y. So it's fearlessfreddyiemovie.com. Uh, so you can get the DVD and Blu-ray there. And on the DVD and Blu-ray, there's, uh, you know, um, bonus features that I didn't include in the film because I just couldn't fit it in. There wasn't good places for it to fit, but there are other interesting stories about Freddy. Um, him meeting JFK, uh, him and Don Ulmer, his former aide, you know, on a boat in Louisiana, uh, shooting an alligator, things like this. Right. Um, but ah. uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I might uh, know something about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, very funny stories. I just couldn't find a place to put them in here. But uh, so yeah, there's that the bonus features. But you can also watch it on Amazon. You know, Amazon Prime uh Tubi, um youtube uh so their uh vision video is distributing it um currently so they have it all over the place pretty much anywhere you know you can watch a video you're gonna find it so whether streaming widely, widely or, distributed it's widely distributed on uh streaming services on it's at best buy walmart uh you know target all that kind of stuff so yeah so but, yeah. I, I think Sorry, I say, it's probably a great documentary to, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's probably a great documentary to get your hands on this weekend. And then, uh, you know, you can't get the DVD right away. Like you said, it's on a lot of streaming platforms and that's where I purchased it was on Amazon prime. So, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it must be a lot to go to all these different venues and, uh, you know, negotiate with them on how to you know get get the films on these different platforms because there's so many out there you know it's it's hard to keep track well you being a filmmaker i'm sure that uh that's something you, you've really gotten into and learned to know obviously you know so even when you got your bachelor's degree the internet was probably not so hot like it is now but you've probably learned that as you go with the time the times so what is the one thing you want people to get from this film um I just I want to uh, I want people to get from this film that, you know, there are many men throughout history, particularly in this country, that are more than simply they're they're more complex. They're not one dimensional, like you're saying, the movies where it's, oh, yeah, you know, you just have a hero and, and, the, and the bad guy. Well, you know, this was a hero who loved his enemy. This was a hero who saw his enemy as his brother. Uh, this was a man who was humble, but he did his job, you know, as a lieutenant commander in World War II. He did what he was supposed to and then some. But on top of that, he he loved his enemy. He would, you know, he he cared enough. He cared. He believed pe- everybody's people. And, you know, it's better to make friends with people than to make enemies. War should be the absolute last option. But, you know, so I just want people to know that. Fearless Freddie was a great man. He's somebody people should know about and people to some degree should emulate, emulate. So uh, that's what I think I want people to know. 
that, that that's well said well said and uh, i i did i appreciated it. there's a, like a gospel message in this film which they kind of get more into and it kind of goes along with that generation you know on top of being humble just great all around people all around most of these guys are uh, very helpful you know um you know when i was growing up i mean I, I learned a lot of stuff i mean how to fix a car and stuff from you know relatives world war ii guys you know my, my whole family's got a dense military history so yeah okay well i appreciate you being on the podcast today this is a uh, director and filmmaker andrew lynn again we're gonna put some links to uh, he's on the imbd i think he's got a profile on there and uh we'll put some links and information to admiral frederick water as well and link to the fearless freddy website for um more information on the film where to purchase it where to buy it you know, I think there was a drop-down list on there. It's a, it's a very well-made website, so I think you'll enjoy it. Go to that, and uh, and from there. Oh, I, I want, did wanted to mention one thing. I wanted to bring up. I forgot about this tidbit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, we were talking about these humble guys coming out of out of uh, the country at the time, and in the country, they said they wasn't as densely educated as now. You know, not a lot of people had college, obviously. So he comes from West Virginia, which. Yeah. A lot of people go to from West Virginia. I can only imagine what the jokes were like back then. <laughs> but, but, you know, but there was another. So a lot of famous people come out of World War II that served in World War II. Another one was Chuck Yeager. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, you know, these people come from uh, backwoods, good old country towns, you know, good people, great culture. And I think that goes along with what we said in this podcast, too, that that made these incredible people that. uh you know, fought and won World War II for us. So again, this is a director, uh, Andrew Lynn. Any last thoughts? Uh, yeah, just about West Virginia. He's from Grafton, West Virginia, and they built a bridge in his name, Rear Admiral Frederick Burdett Warder Bridge in, in Grafton. So yeah, he's a, uh, yeah, I mean, very sophisticated guy, like you said. I mean, he came from a tough background, country, you know, poor, and uh, he rose above the task, you know, you know, he did, he did a lot and yeah. So yeah. Uh, great, great. Yeah. It's a great story. Great documentary. And I, I appreciate, you know, how, how, how God just brought this whole thing together, obviously is what it sounded like for you. And you were able to make this film and, and uh, get that out there. Cause it's, it's, you know, the younger generation that's doing the job to remember these old great veterans that, you know, that did amazing things in world war two. So, yep, this is director Andrew Lynn, and I am Eric Rao from thesubvet.com. You can also get a, get a hold of our news feed on Facebook. You can go to Facebook slash group slash thesubvet. You can also go to uh, t- t- uh, Eric, well, it's the subvet on Twitter, Twitter slash thesubvet. And my email is eric at thesubvet.com. And also, uh, you can get a hold of Dave Bowman at Slippery Fish. I think it's Slippery Dave Bowman at slipperyfish.com. I, I can't remember. He's going to put it in the notes. He's also going to put the, it's a, no, I don't remember what it is. Dolphin Dave at slipperyfish.com. And then uh, it, we're going to put in the notes to the, uh, the links to our website and groups as well. And more, more great information on this podcast. So uh, Andrew Lynn, Hey, it was an honor to interview you and to listen to, to the story that you gave today. This gives a little bit more insight into the making of the film. And I really think this is going to 
I touch a lot of people to where they're going to go out and hopefully see this and learn a little bit about the men and the, and the war machines, especially submarines. And that's what we're all about here at the Subvets. So uh, appreciate you being here. And uh, well, well, uh, hopefully we can invite you back for another submarine film someday. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be cool. And yeah, everybody join the submarine force. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, movie. I just went out and saw Top Gun. Obviously, I mean, that's the reason oh, yeah? I joined it. Too. Uh, yeah, I saw it in '86. Right down, and it changed my mind from Air Force right to Navy. I'm, go- I'm going to go fly up. Fortunately, didn't work out that way. Went underwater instead. And yeah, long story. <laughs> yeah. Have you, you saw the new one though? Did you see the new one? Yeah. Next, uh, yeah. I already put like a little uh, video. I said you got to go see it. It's, it's just oh, better to keep here. Yeah, it's better just not to say anything and just people need to need to go see it. So it was uh, def- definitely worth it. All it right. yeah, did a great job. So, okay, so cool. yep, again, this is Eric Rod with the Subvet with Andrew Lynn. And we'll see you next time on the Subvet.